This is The Art Life. Hello! I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, writer and founder of Heroin Training, and today's episode is called Pack Your Bags. And here to, as my packing buddy, is my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life is gentle right now. Mm. And I think I may have used that word before, but we just had a little two-week hiatus of the show with various holidays and travels going on. Um, So we got to have a little rest from our production schedule here. But for people who have been keeping up with the show beforehand, you've probably heard me talking about how I've been like recently signed to two new agencies and sort of starting new um, creative ventures over here in La La Land. And the the past month and a half in general, or I guess the month of December really, was the most work-heavy of my life, at least um, this like freelance artist time period of my life. So I shot almost every day in December, which was amazing. Like it was an incredible miracle, like financially, and just to be at that place in my career for the first time felt so validating, Um, especially because people usually leave town for the month of December, like it's a ghost town here. And um, this is just for holidays because there's so many transplants in the city. And I was working more than I ever have before. And it was exhilarating. But it was exhausting. And then I got, you know, new reps. And it's just been so much new, new, new. Move, move, move. And as exhilarating as that is, I, I definitely started to burn out. So in the past week or two, I've laid low a lot more where where I could and I've been catching up on reading that I've been wanting to catch up on which has just felt amazing to even just work from bed um you know still get whatever I need done but do it from under a weighted blanket and even my in my relationships I've been noticing how gentle everything has felt like my communication has improved with people because I was so revved and having to go, 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 I feel like it w- it became difficult to maintain the level of presence that I wanted to have in my friendships. So in the past week, I've also just appreciated the time that I've had to like slow down and enjoy my relationships more. So my art life is gentle right now. It's a lot more rest rested than it has been as of late, and I'm just really enjoying having time right now to like be out of the cave of production and um have dinner with friends and go on dates like it's it's a nice it's a nice moment well that is lovely to hear do you think that this has this gentleness has been a conscious shift that you decided this is something you need as you're starting to feel the effects of burnout or is it something that has happened naturally that you're observing 
In this case, I feel like it's a combination of both. I often wondered, like, before I was living here or before I was doing um, my creative work full-time, I often wondered how my artist friends, and would ask them, I would wonder how they balanced rest and production or, like, writing a book and maintaining their marriage. I had so many questions about these daily life things because it's an area of sensitivity for me. It really is. I tend to be all or nothing, and I'm afraid that, you know, my my desire to work, 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 create, create, create is is going to take a toll on my body and my relationships. Like, And I, I know in, that in saying this and sharing this with the world, it's not as if I'm the only one who feels this way, right? I'm sure every artist, every person listening to this understands what I'm saying here. And I feel like these things also happen in waves, right? You have busy periods where um, you just have a, a new book maybe that you're writing or you have a film project you're working on and you really are in that, you're in studio mode or production mode. And I remember my friend Sawyer back in Philly, who's a writer, saying like, my wife knows that when I'm writing a new book, like I'm just not as available. And I, that might, you know, my hours out of my day job are spent writing and that's what's going on for that month or two. And then I come back to reality and, or not reality, but then I come back to daily life and I'm out of the woods and we are able to reconnect. And, um, and I think that is sometimes what happens. I'm, I'm reading a memoir that my, um, I'm, I'm reading a memoir right now from a, a television and comics writer where he, he talks extensively about, uh, how when he was the showrunner for this five season science fiction show, he, um, you know, he, he needed to, to really focus on that. And his wife understood that, like, in some ways, like, that was just where his attention was going to be while he was so overextended. And so for me, it's like understanding that there are going to be periods in my life where it's really focused on the creation. Like last month, you know, I didn't go home for Christmas, as I've talked about in the show. Um, and and that was a new thing too. But at the same time, there's so there's a social aspect where it's like, okay, that's just how it was. And now that like rush of production energy is slowing and I'm I have the time to catch up with my friends and it feels so good. But the other thing is, you know, it just, it, it, this is the art life. Like there are also, there are times where you book a lot or where you work a lot. And then there are times where you get a break or maybe you demand one if your career's blowing up. But I ran myself pretty ragged the past, like whatever it was, it was like one or two, two months straight of that kind of schedule. And, and then it's early January and my big project, as I spoke about on the show was like, find a new agent, but I did that. So, okay, I can slow down and I needed it. So I can, I can choose to slow down a little bit and we'll see, you know, over time there will be these 
months where things are really busy and and then maybe months where it's like the desert and um maybe there it will be more of a conscious choice that like okay if i am working on a movie and i and i'm exhausted at the end i need to take a vacation with my loved ones or i need to just be home for a month with my loved ones um that's something a lot of actors i admire talk about like they they demand they have the month off after because they need to see their kids so i think it's a little bit of both to give you a long-winded answer to your question it's a little bit of choice and it's a little bit of the ebb and flow of art life it's so interesting to hear about the the waves that you're describing of these seasons of intense projects in the kind of work that you do because my work is the opposite and is more of what you described of having to make a conscious choice and um, I'll get to this in a moment about a family imposed uh, vacation from my work because the way that I write and publish and and create is on an on a regular basis I rather than writing um, writing books or um, temporary big projects I publish essays every few weeks on my website and I publish everyday wonderland postcards on a weekly basis and that community never shuts down so what I what I teach is everyday life and what I practice is this balance on a long-term basis as well and uh, running these podcasts too with you and with my sister we're recording on a regular basis and publishing uh, episodes on a regular basis and so I enjoy getting into the groove of things and I'm enjoying getting back into the studio after a couple of um, a couple of weeks of break. So tell me about this family-imposed work-free vacation. <laughs> How is your art life? My art life is Disney magic still, even though I've come back home from the aforementioned Walt Disney World holiday. Um, it was pure fun for me. My sister Junie was running the marathon and she absolutely aced it so I was very proud of her but I was just watching and enjoying all of the um, all of the atmosphere and because Walt Disney World is known as the happiest place on earth and because it certainly ranks up there in my personal list of happy places as well I always like to leave that space asking why trying to break down the ingredients of it and what always stands out for me about Disney is the people it's the people that I travel with and the guests that I meet or observe along the way and Disney cast members are renowned for their excellent customer service and 
general friendliness. But it really stood out to me this time, especially when the hot new attraction at the moment is Rise the Resistance at the Star Wars land, Galaxy's Edge. And it's known for being this technical accomplishment. It's an attraction on such a massive scale that I have never experienced before, and others are saying similarly. So I went in with trying not to get my hopes up too high, but what surprised me about uh, getting to go on this attraction was that my favorite moments of it were not the huge, um, impressive technical feats, but the cast members who were in character as members of the First Order and the Resistance who were not just operating the vehicles, but were like part of the experience. And so it really, it awes me every time I go to Disney to find that it's so simple, that you can do all of these, um, create these amazing spectacles, but what really brings it together is the people. And what the people are connecting over is the love of this of this art project, this massive art project that is each attraction, that is Disney World, that is the many, many films in that canon. And that reminds me as an artist that what I hope to do with my work on a smaller scale is to bring people together in connecting over these common ideas and feelings too. This is such a wonderful story and such a lovely reminder that even when we're on vacation and with our families, we are always doing research. We're always downloading from the world, right? I mean, that's what we do as artists. We observe. And I just, I love that you are on this really intentional, present, fun-focused family vacation, but you are, you are so able to notice the performances and how much art mattered and how much joy it brought to people and then bring that immediately back into your writing. Well, without cutting to the chase, this really is the art life where <laughs> it... You were describing the pressure that artists feel to really be driven and working towards their projects. And so I was thinking part of why I view a trip like this as a research trip is because I feel that internal pressure to not stop, to not lose momentum, but to shift it somewhere else. And I've learned that doing work is not just about putting the the checklist the the checks next next to the task lists but reminding it's topping up on inspiration and reminding me of what makes me feel good and makes me dream bigger and that's that's not quantifiable and i think that's why um why the arts are undervalued a lot of the time 
is because how do you how do you directly measure the impact of that? It's it's not a linear thing, but it's an essential thing. And how do you respect that you can't always be in production mode? That the life of the artist is it is necessary to create like in order to create it is necessary to have time that is just for absorbing and noticing and downloading and it's necessary to have time for rest yeah i'm so fascinated with how those pieces fit together because there's there's absolute rest there's sleep there's lying still there's um go back to our stillness episode and then there's also this Disney World kind of off time, which is not restful, but it's topping it's filling me up. the well. Yeah, filling the well, the the wishing well. <laughs> so this episode is about packing a subject that is near and dear to my heart. And it was actually, Grace, your idea to explore this topic in light of my travels. But you also told me about how you pack as part of your work for more of your daily life. And I would love to start there and hear more about what your journey with packing for work has been. Yeah, so I was inspired to do this episode because you were packing your bags for your trip to Disney, and I have been packing a suitcase every day for the past month or two because I've been on set or I've been shooting, um, like a, um, doing a modeling gig nearly every day, and. Sometimes wardrobe is provided at these things. It depends on the gig. Um, but often, you know, even on a film set, depending on the role or the, the size of the project, you're, you're asked to bring a couple things, um, even if it's just undergarments, like making sure you have the things that are necessary to go underneath your wardrobe. And if I'm doing a modeling gig, like I always have at least a couple things of my own because you never know, even if wardrobe's provided, what's actually going to fit unless you've done a whole fitting, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> so in this case, because I've been working so much, I've been having to pack a suitcase every single day. And the other element of that is that I'm having to pack for different shoots, different concepts, keep track of what the concept is, what the project is that I'm going in for, what the audition wardrobe needs to be, if that's something going on. And I've got not only just all of these different shoots to get ready for, but it's like wildly different concepts. And, it, you know, it's one of my favorite things about modeling, which I love and is a creative venture for me, but I do consider more of my day job than acting. Um, one of my favorite things about modeling is sometimes I really never have any idea what I'm getting into. <laughs> sometimes I you know, am shooting like glamour boudoir photography. Sometimes I'm shooting like stock imagery for more like corporate settings. Sometimes I'm modeling like and and doing like all 
really creepy horror themed shoot like I don't always know and that means um that I need to have an extensive wardrobe and I need to keep track of what I'm shooting every day and I need my my looks to be different enough that I'm not shooting the same thing within a month I'm not shooting the same outfit it is so much to keep track of and to add to it I used to hate packing just for anything for any trip for any move packing was like my least favorite thing in the world so I have had to figure out how not only to organize all of these different considerations and different concepts and and what bags to use but I've also had to figure out how to make it fun because I'm doing this every single day right now. What was the resistance with you and packing? Why did you hate it so much? I think part of it is that we talk on the sh- we've we've mentioned on the show that you're a minimalist and I jokingly refer to myself as a maximalist. I like my stuff. You know, I like to have my books. I like to have all of my vitamins. I sound like a grandmother right now, which I'm fine with. Um, (laughs) I need all of my little trinkets and like wardrobe options. It's so important to me to have all of those things. So being out in the world for a week at a time or, you know, even just being at a shoot and thinking, Oh god, I wish I'd have brought this one thing. I wish I had known. I hate that feeling. I hate feeling like I don't have what I need with me. So part of it is just the stress of figuring out what I need and then often overcompensating and packing way too much and like giving myself back pain because I'm traveling across the country lugging way too much luggage and more than I use. So part of it is just continuously having to learn what is actually needed and learn to be comfortable with not having everything on me at all times. Well, it is called luggage for a reason. Yes, it is. And speaking of which, I have conquered the packing demon in the past month because, one, repetition just makes anything easier, but two... I finally went on eBay and found an adorable little vintage trunk and I needed I needed a like a day bag basically. I needed something that I could carry in one hand that could hold was big enough to hold multiple pairs of shoes and multiple outfits, but that wasn't heavy and was structured so that nothing would get wrinkled or or folded. Um, or crushed in transit and I finally decided I wanted to invest in like an old little vintage suitcase an old little carry-on and I found the perfect thing on eBay it's got this adorable little gray like snakeskin bag and I'm I'm enjoying the packing now so much more because I have this item that brings me so much pleasure and is exactly what I need and has pockets in it where I can put the various different pieces I need. So just allowing myself to to invest in this really great well-made item 
also made me enjoy this process so much more since. Okay, so since you started talking about how often you need to pack a suitcase, the first thing that came to mind for me was, I hope this suitcase is cute. (laughs) It makes such a difference. And please share a photo of this fabulous piece of luggage. Yes, I'll have to share it on social media when we release this episode because I'm so happy with it. But that also is part of it because I don't drive and I'm going from sometimes taking the metro, sometimes taking Ubers, like getting dropped off places, um, getting picked up by a car service. Like I'm all over the place with my transit, but I don't have a car where I'm storing all my stuff. I'm not parking outside of a studio and able to go pick up stuff from my trunk. So that made it really important for me to find the exact bag that I needed to to fit everything and have it not be too heavy and have it, you know, have the right casing and all of these considerations. Um, I realized, yeah, part of the reason that it was so stressful was I was always like negotiating in my head what size bag I needed. Could I put it in a tote bag? Do I need to bring like a big piece of luggage with me? All of those negotiations in my head made packing for shoots way more stressful. This is actually one of my secret packing tips is that the container that you choose really impacts what you what you bring in it i i think subconsciously we fill up what we choose to bring with us and i find it so much better in the long term to not have a car to not have an oversized bag to lean on because what it forces me to do is make decisions up front, set priorities up front. Usually when I'm traveling, it's a nice thing. I'm going on a vacation or going to do things that I'm excited about at my destination since um, I don't travel for work as often as you do. I, I want to maximize that time at my destination. And so I would rather make decisions up front at home when I'm packing about what I'm going to do on the trip. What am I what am I really going to do? What do I need to bring? What will I feel liberated by if I leave it behind? And I've been happier when I've been constrained by baggage allowance. I the lightest I've ever traveled was I went to go visit my friend Jasmine in Berlin for a weekend and I challenged myself, can I just bring a handbag? Can I just bring all of my things for the weekend with a handbag? And what it ah! <laughs> what it allowed me to do was we didn't have to stop back at her place to drop off my things. We could go straight to the Lizzo concert even and had a few extra hours that we didn't have to spend traveling across Berlin and back um, just to drop off a bag. This is like such a scary challenge for me and I'm loving it. And a lot of it is inspired by like taking cheap airlines that charge you extra to check a bag. 
and nightmare stories of having paid to check a bag and then the bag isn't there. Just don't have to worry about any of that when when you're carrying everything yourself and responsible for your own possessions. And this is a big theme to expand it in art making in general. I have noticed that like boundaries make better art, that having like time constraints or budgetary constraints, these things can make your vision so much more defined and precise. It can make your script better. It can make your book better to have deadlines. It puts it out into the world. And, you know, even so much as getting your looks together for the shoot, having your small little suitcase actually makes you pack the right stuff. And take better care of your items, in my case. Because you're not just throwing a bunch of crap in a bag and heading out the door. Oh, I love arranging things perfectly and accessibly for travel and putting the pajamas at the bottom of the bag and the things that I need on the on the train with me at the top of the bag or if I'm gonna arrive at my destination uh, right before bedtime maybe I put the pajamas at the top of the bag and so it is so individual as well so it won't someone's suitcase is so is so interesting to me because it reflects what that person needs and wants so the big decision we had going on this disney trip was steve wanted to bring his running shoes and i was like they're so big they're so bulky are you really going to be running and he did end up going for a run but it was like a conversation before we dedicated so much packing real estate to this huge pair of running shoes. And for you, that will look like more outfits that you need for to do your job. Or um, it's always a big decision. Should I bring my laptop? Do I need my laptop? So for me, being a minimalist is knowing exactly what you need and trusting that that'll look different from maybe anybody else's needs. Sandra, I would be I would regret not mentioning that you actually you have a an ebook about this, right? You have an ebook about packing. I do, and it's thanks to you that I've remembered that I wrote this. <laughs> it was a shelved project. Um, because over many episodes of the art life, I've, I've really drilled down on how important it has been for my, the business side of my art life to focus on developing one signature attraction, to use a Walt Disney World term, and that is Everyday Wonderland, my weekly one-minute program for finding magic in your daily life. And now that I've dedicated years to developing that program, I can circle back to the projects that I had to shelve in order to put my full focus on that. And one of these was an abandoned ebook called A Heroine's Guide to Packing that 
I had pretty much finished and then just left in a file on my computer. So it was only in suggesting the topic for this episode, Grace, that I was reminded that I had even dedicated so much time to putting this ebook together. So I have gone back and updated it and am just making the final font changes. And by the time this episode airs, it will be up in the shop. Well, I'm so excited about that. And I hope people listening check it out because I read it and I greatly benefited from it, especially as someone who does not enjoy packing or who needs to learn how to make those decisions about what will and will not be needed. Um, I really enjoyed the ebook and I and I found it to be so whimsical and fun to read, which if I could enjoy if I could enjoy it then anyone can, because this is something that I used to be so stressed out by. Thank you. That's really that's really wonderful to hear. Was there And that's what you do. <laughs> Was there anything in the book that made you go like Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. I think I'm so used to like a completely new outfit for every day or every event that I have ahead that thinking about traveling and having more of a capsule wardrobe was a little overwhelming to me. But also exciting because I do want to, you know, travel light. I'm excited by the idea of feeling more freed up in my time and my space when I'm traveling, not being so lugged down with my heavy bags. Do you feel like that is a something that you want to do personally or something that is suggested by the industry, um, perhaps a pressure to wear a different outfit to different um, like red carpet type things while you'll be photographed? I think that I've always been, I've always been, even in, even in middle school, really neurotic about putting these full looks together. I mean, from the belt to the shoes to the earrings. And it's always been these really specific, highly accessorized outfits, which can make traveling and packing light difficult. So I'm excited to have a challenge of limiting myself to a capsule wardrobe or having more interchangeable pieces. Or we've talked about in our movement episode and our some of our other earlier episodes even like you know working out or hiking in a skirt because why can't I why can't I hike in a skirt like why can't I go why can't I repeat outfits there like why can't I go dancing in a dress I don't need to be in workout clothes um little little challenges like that are really exciting to me right now where it's it's not it's not rules that I have to be limited by. It's a challenge that gives me an opportunity for creativity. That was exactly what 
flipped the switch for me as well because I often forget my roots back in high school. I had this walk-in closet bursting with with options, with clothing options, accessory options, and my one bit of joy every day as an overworked student was to put together a unique outfit that I had not made before. That was my my daily piece of art. And it was only in getting accepted to Oxford, which was my absolute dream, that put things into perspective for me that I'm going to have to somehow condense everything down to my baggage allowance to go and move to England. And so I was reading about minimalism online and reading about different people's experiences. And I couldn't relate to a lot of people who this came naturally to, who didn't care about only wearing a white t-shirt and jeans every day. Until I saw a handful of people describe it as a creative challenge. And that's what really motivated me was this isn't about shedding how much I care about how I dress and how I present myself. This is about continuing to do that genuinely under different constraints. So what is the art life? The art life is turning challenges into creativity. What is the art life? The art life is flexible. Yeah, that's key. Hmm. I remember one time I was going into Boston with my friend and we were going shopping on Newberry Street for clothes and then we were going rock climbing and I remember styling my gym shorts with like huge statement jewelry and platform heels because why not wear platform heels to the climbing gym when you're just going to change into climbing shoes anyway? How fun. Yeah. Well, Zandra, we have mentioned that you have an ebook that will be freshly republished this with the release of this episode. So tell me, where can people find your art? All of my art is based at heroinetraining.com. That's where you can read my essays, sign up to receive them in your inbox, and that's where my ebook will be as well at heroinetraining.com slash shop. And if you're a $12 patron at patreon.com slash heroinetraining, um, $12 patrons will get the ebook for free as a thank you gift. Grace, where can people find your art? I am nervous in answering this because I have a couple secret projects launching soon that I can't mention yet. So 
all of my work, my modeling, my blog posts, writing, new acting work is all compiled and posted on patreon.com slash gracegordonofficial, and I'm very active on Instagram at gracegordonofficial. But please stay tuned to this show and to my Patreon if you wish, because I have a couple new projects launching soon, and I really want to talk about them, but I won't be until they're out. So yeah, stay tuned, y'all. How curious. Well, from my side of the world, good morning, everyone. And from my side of the world, good night. Hope you packed your pajamas. (laughs) Happy packing. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at herointraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.